God is all there is. How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path. How are you this evening? I hope that your answer is great. Marvelous. I uh, have a friend that's gotten the habit of saying she's marvelous every time I ask her how she is, and that seems like, you know, great with an exclamation point. So uh, I'll say marvelous. I'm marvelous. Marvelous is pretty good. It is interesting how, you know, when you ask someone how they are, they say fine or good. You know, it's sort of you, I wonder. And when you say something really, like, extraordinary or amazing or wonderful or marvelous, yeah, then people, people think, think you're, you're on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like yeah. Uh, instead of saying, oh, I want some of that, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Right, yeah, yeah. But on this show, we're not at all surprised when people are marvelous and fabulous and wonderful because our listeners say yes to spirit. That is the outcome. I I do believe. I do believe that is the outcome. So we know there's a chance that there is someone listening to us for the very first time since uh, we don't normally broadcast this show on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Central Time. So if you were just... um, on Blog Talk Radio, looking for what shows are on air, and you saw our show and it interested you, I just want to welcome you. My name is Tracy. And my name is Leslie. And we hang out at least once a week and talk about what is it that happens in our lives when we say yes to spirit. How does that change or shift our experience, and um, how can we use that to have a life that we really, really, really love? Right. And every week our show has a theme, and this week our theme is nature versus nurture. But before we get into that, we always try to connect the dots with the previous week's theme, which was justice. And so we are going to connect the dots, and and absolutely, we're going to have some theme music. I would love that. I was listening to music today. I was listening to Mm. music earlier today, and I just didn't find the right one, but real soon, (laughs) maybe as early as next Uh week, we'll have theme music that will let you know it's time to connect the dots. And that you know we've talked about this before, but listening to the intro of of um, having the music, it puts me in that mood of of having, you know, the excitement of doing the show. And I think the music will just make connect the dots all the more more uh, meaningful. I'm sure of it, but that doesn't get you out of connecting, connecting the, the dots, dots to justice. You know, justice was rough for me last week. I liked when you talked about trying to get justice out of the field of just 
criminal, you know, all I could think of, system. right, right, all I could think of it was, you know, law and order kind of thing and all my SUV shows. But um, thinking about justice in terms of there being a natural order and karma and things that we put out kind of come back, I do think there's an idea that, you know, that our, that our nurturing you know, when we raise a child through a, through the, the nurture versus nature debate, that that nature people would say, you know, there's some sort of natural thing that's within us that's just going to come out. That we, you know, that we're sort of predestined or predetermined to be a certain way. That our nature is this way that's kind of set in stone, and so. That, to me, has a bit of a connection, just a very fine thread, but still a connection to the idea of having, you know, some sort of, you know, what goes out automatically comes back in, you know, that energetic push. But I think as we talk about nature versus nurture, that I'm not going to think that nature is as powerful, certainly not as powerful as karma, but... um, I think we might just come up with an idea that there there just is no such thing really as sort of a biological nature that we typically think about. So that's my loosely connected dots. You know, now I'm going to start looking at the at the topics a little bit more closely to make sure we have a connected dots because that's two weeks in a row that I have not had a strong, you know, really felt good about my connected dots. And it's an important thing to me, the ritual of it. Very well, important. and I was just sitting here thinking that the in ritual. the future, mm. instead of our arbitrary topic sequencing, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, it might be important. So <laughs> Leslie doesn't have to really stretch. Yes, because, you know, we only do connect the dots <laughs> because Leslie likes to do it. I would skip it on a week like this, but no, especially if we have theme music, then we'll have to do it. Uh, yes. Yes. So, okay, well, that's our Connect the Dots from last time's theme of justice to today's theme of nature versus nurture. So let's take a quick break, maybe about one minute, and then we will come back and dive into today's theme. back to Say Yes to Spirit. So glad you joined us this evening, and our theme is Nature versus Nurture. And of course, if you are listening to us online, you have seen that uh, what we used as a way to begin to frame this is to ask the question, what do we do because it is our nature 
and what behaviors or beliefs are the result of how we have been nurtured by our family or by the educational system or by society overall. And of course, since we are always talking about saying yes to spirit, um, you know, we'll probably at some point in this next 50 minutes talk a little bit about is the best we can be a sinner? Is that, you know, part of the belief system and the natural or the nature, nature. Of, hum of a human being? Um, or do you believe our deepest spiritual state is love? So we can go in lots of different directions, um, and I'm going to be quiet and let <laughs> Leslie decide where we go path, Any path, any path. You know, it's a curious thing, and I think maybe part of the reason this topic calls to me, uh, my nephew is adopted, and um, he was, uh, my sister and brother-in-law went through an open adoption, so the mom-to-be got to look at a hundred different photo albums of people that wanted to have children, and she picked them, and they were in the, uh, you know, the birthing room, I guess, and the biological mom gets pictures, and Jacob, Jacob, that's not the right nephew, Kyle gets to know, you know, about his biological mom, and so it's a very open thing, which I think is fabulous, but um, it did kind of, with him growing up, even though my sister and brother-in-law from very day one were... The re, you know, were in his life, their influence was there. There was this question, you know, because the, the girl had struggled some, you know, with um, drugs, and there's some, some history of some different socioeconomic difficulties that had created some problems for his biological father. And, you know, so so there was some nature, you might think DNA kind of things going on. And so... Um, how does that, in my mind, certainly nobody says that out loud in my family. <laughs> you know, no, well, just he's that out. way because, you know, he was adopted kind of thing. No, no, no. But, you know, how, at what point do, you know, is there a point that there's something nature, there's something in our DNA, there's something that's, that's inherited, you know? I like to joke that, you know, all of the things that are wrong with me is because of my mother, you know, but I think that's more of a nurturing issue than a nature issue. But certainly and, there's... Uh, a, even though Mother's Day is coming up <laughs> oh, in I know. three God. days, four God. days, we're not going to go there tonight. Gosh, we should, see, that didn't even enter my mind to have Mother's Day as a topic. But um, no. nature versus nurture. So... So I really do think that our nature, it, I totally flip it on its head in my mind, because I believe our nature is a Christ consciousness. Our nature is is um, the truth of who we are. We are God expressing. We are a drop of the ocean, just all the same components of the ocean, that metaphor for you know being God within. So I think that is our nature, but this... So, you know, our society thinks of nature in terms of DNA and biological parents versus, you know, the nurture, you know, the nurture of how we raise them. Did we tell them we love them every night or did we have, you know, boundaries or did we, you know, lock them in the closet? Well, that would be nurture. That would be nurture. But nature, I think, is really about the true essence of who we are. I don't think that... So, see, I think of it differently than... The DNA. 
So I, I, I just listening to you and having given this no thought before <laughs> that. We love that. Uh, um, I, I mean, I think there's a biological nature. So people who, you know, would would say our nature is our DNA. Right. I, I, I think there's. And that, that's the science, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a biological nature. I also think that at our core, there is a spiritual nature, mm-hmm. and in fact, you know, one of um, one of the things that I find myself saying frequently, and Diane says all the time when she is doing affirmative prayer, is you know, it's like that is the way it is. Because it is your true essential nature that, mm. you know, and she's speaking from a spiritual perspective, you know, the spiritual right. nature of who you are is all of those absolute qualities of God that exist within you or all of the spiritual principles that you have access to and it is your essential spiritual nature to be that in right. the world. Uh, but I don't think that is instead of I see. the biological nature because I mean we we have science that proves um, you know the eyes. genetics right. right that you know parent A parent B plus parent B and there you are <laughs> you know with these genetic right kinds of um, of 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 characteristics and qualities. So, um so I don't think it's instead of. I, got I think it's that we don't talk about the spiritual nature. Good point. Yes, you're much much healthier to have that whole both hand. Now, who is Diane? Is she famous so we should know her like Oprah? I don't know who Diane is. Maybe well, Diane does you, affirmations. You too. should know her. Do I know her? Everyone should know her. She is one of the most <laughs> amazing practitioners. Oh, well at then. The Center for Spiritual Dallas. Silly, silly dumb me. Also, silly. becoming known as the Beauty Renegade. Is she one of our new practitioners in your new practitioner graduating class of 2011? We're not new anymore because we have a new one. 2011? <laughs> yeah, the class of 2011. Uh, Yes. So she's also known as the Fashion Brigade, did you say? The Beauty Renegade. Helping women look at beauty a whole different way and finding the beauty within them. Ah. Not being caught up simply in what the physical appearance looks like or what's in the magazines and creating a beautiful life. Okay, so Diane, if you're listening, you owe you write me a check. <laughs> Does she have a website? We should and, I write a website um, or something down and like write me a check and forgive me for like kind of not saying that as crisply and clearly as you would. Awesome. And you know that is um that is one of the things that uh that you, the Center for Spiritual Living calls their spiritual prayer you know, prayer counselors or I guess would be a Layman's way of saying with our practitioners, that's a term we use, or practitioners, coaches, coaches spiritual coaches, okay. So um, so we have practitioners that when I think about when I say what a practitioner does, I will say they can hold the truth of who I am, who who my natural state of being is. And so I do use that term, the, you know, the natural, my 
the essence of who I am, the natural essence of who I am. So that is interesting that I I use that a lot, and I don't ever really. I guess I don't really think much about DNA, but I think you're right. We do have to accept that we have brown eyes, and the reason I don't have cavities is because my mom has really really good teeth. My dad had really bad teeth, and my sisters have really bad teeth. So I'm really grateful for that nature passed on to me. So, but beyond the physical DNA nature, would you say that if our parents are successful or you know have a certain um, political view or tendency towards a certain belief system? that that would be within our nature, our biological nature to follow that, or would that be more of a nurturing, They would, we would see that, they would affirm that, you know, it's good to go to church, it's good to be a Methodist, it's good to be, you know, come to Easter service and dress up. So then I would do that out of a, na- that would be a nurturing kind of thing, right? Am I correct in that? Yeah, because that's all about your environment, what you're exposed to, and you can make different choices about it at different stages of your life. You may continue to follow the patterns of your parents or the adults you were around or what you were taught by your first grade teacher, but you have the ability and freedom, uh-huh. free will, to change that, to switch to a different religion, to switch to a different political party, to... Uh, dress differently than they did. That's that's all the nurture stuff. All the stuff that we that we our society has said. This is how you do things. Uh huh. But I think when we talk about you know true essential nature, and especially if we talk about from a spiritual perspective, um, that we still can make choices that don't honor that, but it doesn't change it. It is, yes, it is, regardless of whether we notice or are awake to it or remember it, yes. And now, the, so, so the pure essential nature could certainly overcome and is more powerful than any DNA nature. Would we agree? I don't think they're in competition. Oh, come on, Tracy. It's black and white. It's good and right. There's fights going on all around the devil and God. I mean, come on now. Get with the program. <laughs> Yeah, have to be so right. Yes, good point. They're not in competition, you know what I'm saying? No. They, like, coexist, parallel things? Yeah, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Oh, wow. Let me think. I think our nature, our DNA nature, I think people tend to, people that aren't as, you know, philosophically mature as I am, people tend to fall into this feeling of, you know, well, there's something about my DNA. There's something about you know my nature that 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 is just that way. Oh, I'm just a loud person, or I'm just a you know I can't help myself. There are per- there's personalities and there's you know genetic ways that we are, but I don't see that having anything to do with the essential, the spiritual nature of who you are, which is no matter what your personality is, no matter what your skin color, no matter what your age, no matter your gender, your sexual orientation, the language you speak, the color of your hair, 
No matter any of that, you are a child of God. You have been made in the spiritual image and likeness of God, and so you have within you all of the essential nature of God. You have love, you have joy. Those qualities are are your essential nature. Now, your DNA, I don't think has any... I think that there's more of a push-pull between nurture and spiritual nature, spiritual essence, than there is between nature. Okay. Or biological nature and spiritual essence or spiritual nature. Because nurture is where we start making choices, we start saying what's good and bad, right and wrong. We start uh, doing comparison. And we're using all of these, in nurture, all of these humanly developed criteria. Mm -hmm. And we start buying into humanly created or constructed belief systems that could be in conflict with the spiritual essence. And then we're unhappy, or then we get addicted, or then we um, make bad choices, or then we break the law, or then, you know, we make these choices based on society or how we were raised or our nurture, or lack thereof, and then that's what gets us in conflict with with the spiritual essence. I mean, think about all the people that, that we know who come into new thoughts, spiritual communities, or alternative Christian communities, and you think about the Christian mystic movement, who come from being made wrong, being, you know, being, um, looking outside of themselves for guidance, uh, believing in a God that is judgmental and is about punishment. And that's from nurture. Right. That's from what they were exposed to. Right. In school or church or family. And then they go, oh, now see this, now I understand this more. If God is love, then there can only be love. And I have love within me and I have love all around me if I turn toward that. And it's interesting that you talked about that conflict between the two. I heard um, Deepak Chopra interviewed on Oprah, my favorite person. Excuse me. And um, she asked him how he became such a spiritual guru at such a young age. He's always going to have this spiritual essence about him. And he said he was raised by, I guess, an Indian woman who had Eastern philosophy, who told him from the moment he was born that he was God-expressing, that he could do all things, that that uh, there was no no blockage to him, that all his thoughts would manifest, you know, all of the things. He was told that very early by his mom. And his dad was Eastern. was, I guess, American? I don't know. That would be Western. Western, thank you. As I choke. (coughs) And uh, so he had these two messages growing up. And he went off and became a doctor. I didn't know he was an actual physical doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I remember (coughs) I would jump in here, but yeah, exactly. I didn't hear the interview, I so help you'll me. have to tell us about the interview in a, 
in a minute. I was like, yeah, if I'd seen the interview, I would just start talking about it. Yeah, it was so interesting when you said blah, 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 blah. But I think I think the point of absolutely, you know, and it sounds like in his case, getting both messages, you know, you you try to figure out which one really resonates with you or which or how to balance the two competing conflicting messages. And I think that was his Ultimately, the, the, the father's message seemed more enticing. But when he really got down to what he felt, it, he resonated with his mother's message. And that it was sort of being able to really get out of the mind and into the thought, into the feeling. You know, he knew immediately what the truth was. But the other was almost more enticing, you know, that idea of, Competition and the idea of yeah competition be the best make a lot of right, money right uh, be respected and he actually is, has stumbled yes it is to see that yeah that was I think Oprah pointed out at one point you know that, isn't it funny how that just naturally came along all of the things that you know we look on the outside and say gosh he has everything that was never his intention you know in the setting out you know he was just really just following his bliss yeah. After he had become done all the work and became um, and became a medical doctor, right? Yeah, and I wonder what it would be like. You know, I, I don't have any children, but I did ponder when I was in my like early forties to like adopt a child as like a test dummy. <laughs> is that a terrible thing? Is that yeah? But I mean, oh my God, yes, it is a terrible thing to say. Did you even ask that question out loud? I well, no, I don't like a test dummy, like a bad thing, but like you know, like a like a specimen, like that I would that I would adopt them with the intention of just being like totally pouring all light, all love, all good, you know, into them, and to see how that came out. I mean, you know, that I would make a conscious effort. I don't know that. Do you think other parents say that they're making a conscious effort to do that? You know, yes, and, and then the, and then the reality, of, then the reality yeah. of everyday life, everyday yeah, decisions, see, putting food right. on the table, getting them dressed, and the and you know what, you have that great intention, yeah, and you know how it works, right? Did it? So it doesn't really work. The, you would get no, you would get the child, the child yeah. who at every turn <laughs> would be in resistance to everything that you are saying. And I know you well enough to know that after, I was going to say a couple of years of that, but after a few weeks of that, you would be like, take this child back. <laughs> that is evil. I don't even take animals back to the found. I, I, you know, I thought it would be interesting, though, to be totally responsible for that little brain. Okay, but that is the job of the parent. I guess that I, I well, guess not the brain, but the, the nurturing, nurturing the environment. Because right. I guess I've just the not emotional seen. development and support and love of that child. In my experience, I haven't seen parents that just you know dump you know all that into them. Maybe because I was raised you know in a Methodist church, so that certainly wasn't. I know. don't think being Methodist has anything to do with it. <laughs> There are good messages. Oh yeah, and there are. But it's still 
still a loving sin. Methodist. It's still a sin-based, you know, idea. That was born in sin. It's still a base. Well, the dogma is still based in that. Are you saying there's something wrong with that? I'm saying that it's not quite as enlightened as I think that it could be. That if I say, you know, if you take a small child, are there, are there signs of mind babies out there? Are there people that raise their children from, like, birth saying you are God expressing, obviously, Deepak Chopra's mother? Yes, but mother. it doesn't keep them from having Deepak to deal with life. I mean, they... They still See, have that's the testimony idea. They still have challenges. See, I don't know that they would have they that still, much. Yeah, they are living. <laughs> they, they are human. I think they have less. They just might respond a little differently. I mean, we right. have people in our in our spiritual center who were raised in Unity Christian Science or Religious Science, Science of Mind, and. It's, they yeah, just they screwed up as everybody And it hasn't kept them from, you know, being devastated when a loved one dies or from having a home foreclosed on. And, you know, I think, yes, there's some this some difference, some that, you know, ideally the stronger you are in, in the practice uh-huh. that you don't, stay down as long or you don't get so deeply, you know, you don't release your own role in being able to get through it. Right. But it doesn't make it go away. There is a a young girl in the jail that I've kind of taken on as a test dummy, but she's, you know, older, so it's going to take more work. But she she really is, and I mean that in the most loving way, not like a crash car dummy, but like, you know, like a little experiment. A little scientific spiritual experiment. Um, I am she's nineteen. So glad. <laughs> I am just so grateful in this moment. <laughs> so so grateful <laughs> that I don't have any children. Is that what you're gonna say? That terrible I am so grateful <laughs> that no child. <laughs> What's the what, Because I'll talk very metaphysically in uh, like different morning experiences that we have and different things that we do, and most of the women will um, flip that language into the Christian language, which they're familiar with and comfortable with, and that's great. But this young girl just kind of hooked in, and she was like, "What does that mean? Like you just assume everything is working out for your highest good? How does that work?" And I said, "Why don't you try it on? Just spend all day." making the assumption, fully making the assumption that whatever happens to you today in jail, that it is happening for your highest good. And, I mean, this girl came back like a light three days later. Oh, my gosh. Everything's changed for her. And it it has since just continued to magnify. And she is actually writing a book. I had told her, I said, you have to write a book. And it was funny because her biological mother had suggested the same kind of thing. Because... She is taking that jail experience, and she mm-hmm. has changed her thinking. 
everything is different. And she's looking at a very long sentence. I mean, half her natural life could be lived in jail. So she's not like, you know, six months and she's out of there. So she could have that kind of mentality. So she is, she confirms my test dummy theory. That if you know that if you take a small mind, a young influential mind, not small like pea size, but small like young, youthful, not damaged by parenting like mine was, um, if you, <laughs> you could really shift that into like some sort of hyperdrive. And if you take them when they're young, oh my golly, what would they so, be like when they're old like us? It's amazing. If, if you could do that and you were the only in Ah, oh, there you go. Right, right. Um and, and I you know, I don't know, I'm I'm a little bit of a little bit of me actually agrees with you and, and that is what I think is the job of every parent. My my only um one of my places where I kind of step back a little bit is because I actually, even though I don't believe in certain theology, I do believe that all paths lead to God. So I don't necessarily believe that it's a bad thing for people to learn about God in different ways and that they can still learn the spiritual underpinning of that. And, I, I mean, we just know too many people who who were raised Baptist or Catholic or Methodist or Lutheran or Jewish or Hindu or, you know, from different spiritual paths where there is, where duality is taught and is the basis of the foundation or the Trinity is taught and is the basis and the foundation. And, um, you know, and, and there are, and people are still deeply spiritual and yet that they have a personal relationship with God or that they have been created in the spiritual image and likeness of God. Right. And so so I don't have quite, you know, so much, so strong a feeling that the, a child would have to be raised in science of mind or in a... Uh, theology that is based on the philosophy of oneness to be happy and healthy and reflect the spiritual nature of who they are. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, so, you know, I'm, well, and I'm the one who's always a little careful about uh, sending out the um Or better than everyone else. Yeah, because number one, I don't believe that. Well, see, I believe everyone actually believes their way is the best way. Sorry. Yeah, maybe. But I think if if you really fully believe in your way, then it's the same way. You lost me on that one. it's the it's the it's the death of the belief. Like I have this friend that's a Baptist, and she is. I mean, she could walk on water. I mean, really, her belief is so strong and so rooted, and so every moment of her life. And she has the philosophy: everything works for you know God is going to take care of this. I don't see the blessing in it, but the blessing's there. And you know, the devil's at work now, but God is on his way. I mean, these are her. You know, she languages it differently, but her faith is so strong that she's absolutely like you know, completely there. 
right. where and I that, would want that to for be. Me is, is, yes. It's, yes. And I just have, so I have a number of friends <laughs> yes. like that, and I know a lot of people that once you get beneath right. the structure of the religion or the faith practices, those people who really study the meaning yes. and go add after it or into it at a, that deeper level beneath the physical stuff that you see or the patterns, it all comes out to the same thing. And, right. and so that it all comes out to the same same general belief, even though it's, as you said, language is different, right? And I, you know, learned that in my late teens and early 20s by going to, you know, every possible different type of church or religious um, home, you know, to synagogues, to mosques, and having conversations and experiencing you know, what the services were like, what the worship was like, what is in the guidebook that different faiths use. And 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 for a long time, that made it really hard for me to participate in any one faith because uh-huh. as soon as I would be in a service or in a at an event or in a, a part of a group, and they would begin the conversation of, yeah, we're the only ones going to heaven, or, <laughs> you know, we're the best, yeah. or everybody else is broken, and we, yeah. we're the ones who've got it right. I would have to check out because I would see that, no, I've been in, you know, 20 different scenarios, and everybody's saying the same thing, and everyone is talking about God as a loving and beneficial presence, and here are those five or six things that everybody is saying. So I, you know, I can agree with you on these five, but these other three or four things you're saying that nobody else, you know, has a key. No, I can't go there. So maybe there's all just sorts of different rooms. Heaven's all the same thing, but everybody gets their own room. <laughs> I'm just thinking. But yes, I get your point. Yes, it is true. Yeah, I think it's exactly underneath that everybody about that has their own room. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Maybe one of our listeners will know the book and call in or email us or text us. But it really is, there's a book. That's funny. About, yeah, different religions are just like different rooms in the same same heaven. Yeah, I could see that. I could actually see that. And I should actually say out loud that, that, you know, the reason that I did not adopt a child is because on a deep level, I knew I would screw them up immeasurably because it's just the spiritual part I wanted responsibility for. I didn't want to like feed them or dress them or you know have to chain them out of or be nice. No, no, that be nice to their teacher. I could be nice, but but just that daily kind of thing. I I just I you know and it's funny because I do I think I would be very nurturing and very loving and I would be and that is so mean of you to be laughing out loud. No, People because don't know I immediately that, got yeah. this, this image, image of, of me at you PTA would, meetings. You would oh no, that's a horror story. <laughs> that's your nightmare. Uh-huh. But no, I just got this image, you know, you would be the one who adopted the little girl. Oh gosh. Who was so cute oh, and golly. so sweet and loved pink and oh, lace gosh. and was all you know, know at ten years old into makeup and her hair had to be perfect. And you would just go nuts. I, well, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I do, I do, I have a tremendous respect for parents because I couldn't, I know I could not do it. I mean, if I had, you know, given birth to a child, you would have have done it, stayed steady and done it. But I don't, I just don't think I would have much patience for it. You would be a very different woman now if you had raised a child along the way. People say less selfish, perhaps. Or something. You would just be. You would just be very different. You right. have to be. Right. Oh yeah. And I have to say yeah. that about myself all the time. And you know, I did not have children by choice, by intention. Did you ever think about adopting one as a test tube child? No, absolutely not. No. Absolutely not. And um. And I like kids, but I I knew I was really clear, very young, about the commitment to raise a child. And, uh, well, and that it was a choice, the the things that you would have to choose and how I would want to be as a parent, very much like you described, except not as an experiment. Just that that would be the commitment, you know, to really lay that, that you are shaping the experience and the environment of a, a living being. Not changing or shifting their spiritual nature in any way, but creating the environment for that to grow or be squashed. Right, right. Creating that environment to support them and to support that child becoming who that child is right. going to be. See, that's a trick. Which, you know, so many parents shape, try to shape their child into who they want their child to be. Right. And, you know, that's just a really challenging task, and for whatever reason, and I consider it a definite blessing, very young, I knew that I didn't, that was not my first choice, right. and and it wasn't, I just knew, and so I thought, I, I really did think I probably would end up having a child, that I would marry someone who had children, and I would, you know, become a parent in that way. Um, I never expected that, you know, I would actually birth a child. So I I thought I might end up either becoming a step-parent or adopting a child because I married somebody who really wanted children. Um, But that didn't happen. And, I, you know, partly because of what I believe, it didn't happen because I was really clear that it wasn't how I saw my life unfolding. but I think most people who become parents don't even think about that. But, you know, you'd, I think a lot of people would not have kids if they really thought about the seriousness of what it is. They think about what their children are going to mean to them and what it means to be, a, um, you know, I'll be a mom, and they fantasize about all this stuff, but they don't really think about, I'm now responsible for creating the environment and the support system for growing a, a, a whole, healthy human being. It is interesting because it is such a natural part of our society and, um, you know, it's sort of an expected part of society. Certainly and biological nature, if we go back to the very right. top of the show, the difference between spiritual nature and biological nature, our bodies, you know, are created for reproduction. I mean, it is a part of our bodies, male and female, and so, um, yeah, in some ways, there's just simply the 
biological nature of procreation and, and keeping the the human species growing. Right. That a lot of people have to have a lot of children. It is. It's an interesting thought, and I do think that that I, my sister actually, what was it, about four years ago now, I guess, explained to me that I really wasn't allowed to have an opinion on her parenting skills since I wasn't a parent. I love your sister. <laughs> I love your I think sister. That, I you know, with your sister. I think that tempered me for a day or two, but then, you know, I jumped right back then in. Then you were right back in there telling you know, her. I used to tell people I have a master's in marriage and family therapy. I've never been married. I have no children, but I'm Really trained. I'm telling you how to do it. <laughs> that didn't go very well with her either. But you know, it is a curious thing. And, and then I'm really interested in this other sentence you talked about at the top of the show, though, being born into sin. The best you can ever be is a sinner. And I think there's so much um, belief patterns around that. that Absolutely. That uh, it's so insidious, and it plays into messages that we get from teachers that you know we're not smart enough, or messages that we might get from our parents that we're a disappointment. That there's this sort of societal exclamation point after this spiritual idea that we were born in sin, and in that we're sinners, and there's some core dysfunction about us. And it's so ingrained, because I really don't believe that. I really don't. There's nothing in my belief system that says that. But energetically, organically, almost, you know, in sort of a unconscious, like he sweat kind of thing, I will fall back into, uh, you know, I, I don't deserve that. I can't have that. I'm yeah, uh, uh, with the right with the deserve factor, and also with the it makes it so easy. Well, um, okay, well I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but of course I didn't because you know I'm I'm not I'm I'm supposed to make mistakes. Oh, right. You know, I'm supposed to make uh-huh, mistakes. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to, if I were perfect, I would be God. And so the only perfection is God outside of me. And so I shouldn't even be trying to be perfect. And, in fact, if I get too close to being perfect and things are going too well, I need to do something to screw it up. Mm-hmm. So that I'm not, you know, too big for my britches or as a human being. Um, and it's that's all in the religious context of so many religious faith practices and faith philosophies as I think as a way of from a human when you think about the human mind and the human experience, if I really want to honor you then I bring myself down a notch. I make sure that I let you know that I am not quite as good as you. From a human perspective. From a human perspective. I mean, that's kind of how the human brain thinks about it. Yes. For me to say you are really, really, really good, I can't be, you're better than me. 
I'm honoring you and you're better than me. So when you think about humanity creating religion, yes. well, there must be a God that is greater than me and God is perfect. And so I am, I've got to be less than that. I see. But God didn't create all these different religions. Humans did. So in that sense, it's like that structure, that creation um, within the limitation of humanity. You know, then it's kind of like, okay, I kind of see where it comes from, but, but I don't believe that God in, in the perfection of what we call God or spirit can create anything that's not perfect. Right. Right, but that human, that man, that yeah, and you know, you, you when you say man-made religions, that kind of spins my head around too. Uh, you know, well, yeah, I know, but I think the religion, you know, we think we are God, you know, that God gave the instructions or something to my particular religion, so. It's really a shame that we only have about five <laughs> minutes left in the show. Oh, actually, the switchboard is telling us we have ten minutes left in the show. Ten so minutes. So my clock must be fast. There you go. You know, computers, they never are wrong. Nine minutes remaining in the show. But it is an interesting kind of concept that we, you know, have man-made God instead of allowing ourselves to embrace God within us. Why why is that why is that easier for us to because bring God down to a man made concept? Well, God's not a man made concept, but religion is a man made concept. But religion makes God gives God man like qualities. Because we're human and that's all we know. Ah. Uh, just as simple as that. I know you want you want to be a mystic. Yes. But but right now you're human. And so you can only uh-huh. know within the bounds of the human function. It, 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 and if my nature, if my true nature is God expressing, then it should be able to overcome any of my nurturing that doesn't have that message or any of my religious theology that maybe doesn't have that message. I do think that there's sort of this inner nugget within us that kind of pulls us in that direction at different times. If we look at our lives... You know, you can look back over all the different experiences of your <coughs> relig- religious shopping. Would you say it was religious shopping? I think it's kind of fun, the terms I use, test dummy and religious shopping. No? What was it? Yeah, because I really wasn't Each shopping for a home. Path. It was just exploring, probably. Spiritual exploring. Um, didn't you kind of discover there, you know, there was a nugget that when you heard the truth in each one, that was what kind of pulled you, the universal truth that it connected with something inside of you? Just say yes. Okay, yes. Doesn't it? I mean, don't you think when we were exposed to the universal, you know, there, God is all there is, 
that regardless of what, you know, when we stumble across phrases like that, even if it's not in our church, if it's a somebody at work or if it's, you know, AA talks about it being a, a program of promotion, uh, a program of attraction, not, not promotion. promotion. And so I think the more <clears throat> new new thought people, for lack of a better word, is really not new thought, it's ancient thought, but, you know, start talking about it that people will be drawn into it because it'll resonate with something very deep, very true within them that they may not even be aware on a conscious level they know that they know. That's all very deep. Well, yes, yes. I think that is true, but I don't think where I where I diverge from that is, again, thinking about some of my friends who are very grounded in whatever their religious practices are and their spirit, their religious beliefs are. But because they have done the study and gone beneath just the surface structure, they believe some of the same things. But it's not so much like it's they would I would be, would never expect them to like then switch churches. No, but they have the same philosophical bit. I mean, they have the same. Well, again, for me, it goes back to the the description that we use a lot, that all paths lead to God. Right. Deeply. Right. All paths lead to God, and and because of that, you can, in any path that you resonate with, right. you can find the essential spiritual nature right. of life. Yes, the essential spiritual nature. Very good. Very good spiritual coach. Yes, I like that. And that is, that is, would you say that that is the thing that kind of is like the natural pull that would be stronger than any kind of biological nature or any kind of nurture? Um, I don't think it is, interestingly enough. And I hadn't thought about it until you just asked it. But I don't think it's it's a stronger pull or we wouldn't have so many people who are living their life based on nurture based on their environment, based on what they've seen in society, based on what they've read in books, based on their comparison. The majority of people in the world today, and let's just keep it small, even though I do believe it's in the world, if we just looked at the United States, you know, the majority of people live based on nurture, not on spiritual nature. The Nurture includes the surface level of religious dogma, religious whatever your religion is and the practices, if you don't go beneath that to really get into what's what's beneath it, uh-huh. then you're living based on nurture. You're living based on the environment that the you environment. grew up in right. and what people have told you versus really exploring at a level that is getting you in touch with the deepest part of who you are. So if I'm not living it, then does that not, does that not mean that it still isn't present and yeah. stronger? But what I was reacting to was your comment of the spiritual nature or the essential nature has such a strong pull. Yes, and I don't think it no, does. I think so. nurture runs uh, our society. Uh, it does. I mean, that's look at the mess we're in, right? As a society, because <laughs> we think we know uh-huh. and we do what we've been told and what we are comfortable with and we just keep recreating the same mess or making it worse. Right. And there's no 
I, you know, the pull isn't there because people are really comfortable in in nurture and how they have been nurtured. They think that is the way it is supposed to be. See, I just don't think that they have heard it yet. But if it was a pull, they'd be out seeking it. And I think that they are. People seek it when they get in pain. Yes, and that I think is one of the reasons for pain, unfortunately. But they're not in pain because they're either in bad situations, but they believe that's the way it's supposed to be, Uh or a certain percentage of people must be in poverty, or the way to have a presidential election and a presidential campaign is to be yelling and screaming and accusing each other of things. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like they believe that's normal. That is life. And that's the majority. But yes, when people get in enough pain, Uh they're like, okay, there has to be a better way. And then they can find that spiritual nature in in just about any path. And maybe that's why we're in such a mess, because we're getting to a critical mass where everyone's going to start looking for that spiritual something. December 21st, 2012. The end of the world as we know it. I wasn't going to say that because already people think I'm a bit of a nut. But yes, I have a sense that there That's might why be I said something for you. <laughs> there might be something, some shift if we don't shift for ourselves before them. I don't think it'll be the end of the world, but I do think well, that there is a natural step as we, we know, know it. it. It'll be yeah. the end of the world that nurture has created, and an opportunity for us to rebuild based on spiritual, spiritual nature. Yes. Very interesting. You heard it here first. I'm saying yes to spirit <laughs> with your host, Tracy and Leslie. <laughs> you know, and we uh, many times try to uh, connect some sort of spiritual practice to the idea of the topic. And, you know, I do really think if we get into a spiritual practice of meditation or contemplation or prayer that that this inner nature you know will really resonate for so I guess that's my um, any of this is a takeaway to try to explore that inner nature would be a good way to do that would be through some sort of contemplation or meditation or prayer daily practice daily practice Fabulous. So I think that's about it for today. That's about it for today. Next show we will focus on except I think we might be changing the topic. So I don't know. Look for us online and see what our next show is going to be all about and join us. And in the meantime, you can visit us at either GodInMyDay.com or ReclaimJoy.com. And until we meet again right here on Blog Talk Radio, we want to encourage you to say say yes to to spirit.
Alexa, play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.